back to another week of In the Abyss Metal Podcast with me, Joey Draganza, plus the usual suspects, Padre and Ant. Um, this week we'll be doing the usual stuff, you know, discussing what we've been listening to, discussing the news, and uh, and our, our sort of main topic of discussion, which is what's going to happen when all the all the metal legends decide to hang up their boots and, and call it a day. Um, as ever, you can get in touch with us on Instagram at Merch in the Abyss or at Joey Tregenza, Facebook in the Abyss UK, Twitter in the Abyss UK, uh, and while you're online, um, go over to intheabyss.co.uk and get yourself some metal merch. There's loads of new stuff in this week. Um, go and have a look and, and spend some of your hard-earned money. Um, so that's about that. Let's get on with this week's show. Evening, fellas. Evening. Evening. Short and sweet. Are we all right? Yeah. Yeah, not bad. Welcome to your flock. Welcome to your flock. It's Friday night, beers are flowing, so fuck for that. Um let's yeah, let's fuck it, let's just get straight into it. Um Padre, I want to know what you've been listening to because I look forward to this every week. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I've got like a a smorgasbord. You said that last week. You of, did, yeah, of, you're getting repetitive now. Of offerings, of offerings, yeah. Okay, so firstly, um, it's, it's been uh, quite an eclectic mix this week. So firstly, dark synth wave and metal synth wave, right? Oh. So okay, I came across I came across a band or a group who used to be in a metal band, but then started up a dark metal slash metal synth wave. Band, oh, before uh, before you name them, and do you know who he's talking about? Um, I don't, but I thought you might. I can't think of, no, I'm, I'm struggling here. So, uh, uh, Dance of the Dead. Oh yeah, I, I, yeah, I know. I, I thought of it. Yeah, okay, that, that makes sense. They were in a band before, but I don't. Um, and obviously, um, uh, then obviously, I've checked out some others: uh, Carpenter, Brutes, uh, Petunia. Yeah. Um, yeah. The thing I found interesting is that groups like Carpenter, Brute, Perturbator, Petunia. Sorry, Dance of the Dead. These are all really influenced by the films of John Carpenter and yes. the soundtrack that yeah. he wrote for like Escape from New yeah. York. So I've been thinking about that. There's, there's, there's another one. There's, there's uh, uh, hang on. I'll have to come back to it. I'll have to find it later. Um, they're like, there's a group, they're a group, I can't remember the name. Um, they're, they're almost, they sound like Def Leppard era, Def Leppard hysteria era. I but know what talking about. So yeah, that's interesting stuff. A uh, band called Ambush, album Desecrator, Haunt. There's another band called Prestige, Reserved, uh, re- re- Revered for the Ravage is the album. Is, is, this one, all, um, is this all like new, new wave of traditional heavy metal type stuff? Yeah. Um, Archangel AD, the album's called Causes Belli. Great album. Check them out. Flashy as hell. Um, like, this is a bit, this is weird. There's an album called The Raging Wrath of the Easter Bunny. <laughs> and the album is, the, 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 the song is called Bungle Grind. No, no, the song is called Mr. Bungle from the album Bungle Grind. Weird. It's metal, but it's just weird. Um, that, that sounds like something that a, a band called Sack Trick would have done 20 years ago. Yeah. Um, Sacrifix, World Decay 19. Awesome. Band called Godslave. The album's called Into the Black. Reverber, Serial Metal Killer. Really good. R- another one I really liked was Heresy. 
and the band's and the album's called Operation Disaster. Um, and then the other one I was a band called Iron Age, and the song is called. I was just listening to it earlier, actually. Uh, just one second. This is starting to feel like you're becoming some kind of voice of authority on new music. It doesn't take me long to catch up. This 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 has all been a ruse. This has been a long game for twenty years. This is going yeah, to become so... this is going to become Padre's new metal new music spot. Yeah. So the album. Okay. Yeah. The album's called the I the 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 album's called the Sleeping Eye. The band's called Iron Age. They've got a really good song, which has got a good combination of slowed down chugging riffs and speed up thrash called Sleeping Eye of the Watcher. There's a really good song called Burden of Empire. A younger Earth. They've got a kind of opus called Arcana Part One, Arcana Part Two. Definitely worth a look. What I'm liking about a lot of these bands as well. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It's traditional thrash metal. Some of it's got like a hardcore beatdown influence. Um, some of it's a bit death influenced. You know, death metal. Um, but the album art, it's like it's it's so retro. So another thing I liked about the synthwave stuff is like that. It's 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 up to date and it's fresh. But there's a definite, you can see where the influences are coming from in the album art, the presentation, um, the way the songs are structured. Um, and I also think as well, if we're going to talk about at some point what's going to happen to music going forward when a lot of the stuff that's around now fades away, um, I think it's, a lot of it, and we, we should you know embellish on this later, is going to be coming from... Where's the music coming from? Are these these new scenes that are emerging? They're they're the ones that are going to influence where the music goes. Right, I I think so. Like for example, you know when you look at these some of this dark synthwave stuff, you can definitely detect this like an anime manga influence coming from yeah. Japan. Mm. So you know, and Japan's got a very vibrant artistic community. So is that? I, I, so I think. What you would regard as from a geographical and cultural perspective of, of being on the periphery or, or the edges, those are bands are going to influence. What happens when more, you start seeing more African heavy metal bands? Are they going to take their cultural influences and, and in, you know uh, put it into metal like the Philippines, Southeast Asia? You know, these these are untapped markets, so you know it, it does it gives you food food for thought. I think. Apparently, so there is quite a, there is quite a healthy scene in Africa. That is obviously an untapped resource, but apparently it's there. So it probably is. Yeah, and, and also, so um, I, I mentioned them last week, but I've been listening to them more. Just the the um, uh, sorry, the, the band's called Diablo in Flesh. The song, The Preacher. Just check it out. It's just it's quality stuff. Um, there's loads of other stuff as well. For, any, I've, for I've, anybody, I've, anybody listening, we'll we'll round all this stuff up now that you know Padre is the voice of of the new I mean, revolution. The, the, the playlist I've got this all on is songs that make Steve look stupid. Yeah. So <laughs> we're, we're... Um, no no or or, sho- or, or uh, new playlist shoving it down that fucking dickhead Trigenza's <laughs> throat. See, I can listen to new stuff. You cheeky bastard. Um, no. Oh yeah, Wolverine Blues. I gave that a listen to. Good, good. Yeah. Um, Toledo Steel. Yeah, like like it. Good stuff. Great. Um, played it to some people at work who aren't necessarily metal fans, and they were like, "This is the kind of metal that they could get behind because it's not screaming all the time." In that, that's the quote. Someone. It's the it's Still the nice. choruses, like what we said 
the other day. Yeah. It's it's the fucking courses. Where these puns are getting all this these hooks and these courses from, I, yeah. I, I don't know. They're, they're Did all you listen to Camside? Yeah, listen to that. Good, liked it. Good, just good thrash. Yeah. Um, I, oh, I, I checked. What was the name of the band? Was it Tail Gunner? Yeah, brand new yeah. band. They are. Name of the band? Tail Gunner. Name of the yeah. band? Tail Gunner. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and what was the other one? Enforcer. Yeah. Oh, great stuff. Yeah, Enfor- really Enforcer have got you know a, a, a quite a big back catalogue now, five or six albums. They're really. Oh, and really, you'll really um, you'll be happy to, happy to know, uh, Malevolence, Broken Glass. Awesome tune, good. And that's really that's about it. And like, yeah, so like three, three o'clock in the morning, the wife wakes up. What are you doing? I said, I'm making the list to make Steve Trigenza look stupid. Well, that's it for this week's podcast because that took an hour and a half. So we'll we'll catch you all next week. <laughs> Fucking hell! But yeah, I we'll, we'll, I'll get all that and I'll put it in this week's playlist so people can go and have a listen to what you're listening to because I like the thing. I track. the thing I don't like. So, you know, I mean, obviously new to this iPhone game too. Um, <laughs> it's iPhone the game. It's the smartphone stuff, you know. Um, and I, you know, I, my, I was walking home last year and it got caught in a downpour. And, you know, I didn't put close a flap on my pockets. So my pocket and my rain jacket filled up. My phone was in that. So it's just basically, yeah, yeah. So like, my phone died, so I had to buy a new iPhone. Now the original, the, the first ever iPhone I got, I bought when I was in Vietnam, and it was it was it was probably stolen, but it was unlocked, and it was like you know it was a bit a bit shady, but it was dirt cheap. So anyway, I had to buy a new one. Like the, the cheapest phone I could get was an iPhone Seven. Get it home, and I'm just like, what? There's no there's no there's no headphone jack. No. And I'm like, what the hell is this crap? So like, I'm trying to put. And like my wife's like, there's no way I'm letting you buy those AirPod things because you'll just lose them within a day. And I, I would. And so I'm having to buy like these stupid like USB attachment, you know, uh, headphones, and they keep breaking. And I'm like, it's just oh, it's just pants. Like I, I don't know. I, I, Apple can piss off. I'm sorry. They just just put an iPhone jack on it. A uh, headphone jack, you know. No phones have got headphone jacks anymore. Everything's Bluetooth. Oh, come on, man. It's, I'm not saying bring back tapes. I'm just saying, can we have a headphone jack? You know? No, like, ta- tapes are back. Tapes are back. You know tapes if are this back. Continue, so. If this continues, I'm gonna, I've am gonna. i still got my old Walkman at home. I will find a way to put these damn things on MP3 and from Spotify, and I will put them on a tape and go old school. And do you know what? Elon Musk can find me a pack of batteries that last for a couple of years. If you can build an electric car, you can build a Walkman that lasts more than 12 hours. <laughs> and you can't, they keep crashing. What, why <sighs> did he buy... What's he doing buying Twitter? Yeah, but him buying Twitter is like you and me buying a packet of crisps because we fancy it. So he did because he can. It's a power thing, isn't it? That's all it is. So it is what it is. Anyway, there are two other people on this podcast. So, <laughs> and what have you been listening to this week? Not as much as Padre, clearly. <laughs> I feel I feel quite inadequate because I've only been listening to one band during this last week. That sounds um, This is almost like roles have reversed here. It's, I just, yeah. Um, I've, I've had a very busy week anyway, so I've kind of I've slacked off. Um, but yeah, after last week and the all the name dropping of those Swedish bands, there was a couple of others I briefly listened to, but. Um, I zeroed in on one of the bands that Padre mentioned just now, and that is Enforcer. Oh my God. Yes. Where has this band been all my life? 
it's they're just I mean they're, they're gloriously 80s as a yeah. metal band which, which is always a thing but they sound either like proper killers era Iron Maiden fast new wave of British heavy metal or really authentic mid 80s Californian glam stroke speed yeah. metal sunset strip and it's it's just brilliant I mean I've you know like you say we've got about five albums most of which I've rinsed over the last week and I will be um, getting on today because it's Bandcamp Friday so bands and artists get 100% of the profits um, on Bandcamp Friday that's cool um, uh, yeah absolutely that, that's, I'll be doing that shortly but uh, yeah they are absolutely bloody fantastic I've never been it's just a real shame that they don't play live in the UK that often. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I was looking through like, their, their social media histories. They go to America. Yeah. Mexico. Yeah. South America. Don't yeah, but they don't was, come to Africa. Yeah, South America and Central America, they love that shit though, don't they? Yeah. They, they can't come here. Brexit. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I, I was thinking if I was a bit more... Oh, maybe at some point get over to Europe to see them because, yeah, they, they're just... They, they will. I'm sure. I'm sure they will play at some point, and when they do, I definitely want to see them. So, it, and it won't be. A, it, it'll be Underworld or somewhere like that in London. I would have thought. So, yeah. You know, and, be, and yeah. The, the merch and the designs. It's it's just again, it's got that proper eighties sort of vibe without being ridiculous. Their their t-shirts are are fucking awesome. Did you um? Did you check out Lowest Creature? I didn't know, but they they are on my list because they're an orbit culture. Right, I've had enough of this. Right, why is it that I'm the only one that gets set homework? Give him some fucking homework, okay? I've had a, look, I've had a very, very busy week. Oh, piss off. You haven't I've been busy my ass. And I've been, I've been distracted by this one great band who have been soaking up all my attention. Did you say you've been listening to Orbit Culture as well? No, that, that, they're on my list to actually give a yeah, go no. as well. All right, so that, that's your homework for the next week then, is Lowest yeah, Creature yeah. and Orbit Culture. Yeah. Oh, I did. I, li- I briefly listened to Haunt. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Some. Some better. But some of it better than other. It's but, a similar uh, sort of vein, the, isn't it? The, the, the yeah. wife. Tried the, the wife thought that Haunt sounded okay. A very very brief um, play. I'll tell you another thing. Um, my wife found a song, uh, a band called The Strike. It's not. It's not metal at all. But if we're talking about like kind of a, 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 another like retro act. So they've got this uh, kind of like really kind of 80s pop sound, but it's more modern and it's, um, I can't remember the name of the song, but like, I mean, I, I actually like it. It's not, it's not a brand new song. It, it came out in like, what, 2017, 2018? The Strike. Um, yeah, the, the, the Strike. Um, okay. So you said 80s pop, so of course I'm like, yeah, okay. Uh, yeah, so um, I can't remember what the name the, the songs I'll, I'll find it for you as we go on and I'll, I'll, I'll drop it in the chat box yeah especially as, as I'll be probably picking up all the uh, synthwave recommendations from now on you've opened yourself up there Archer. if you if you <laughs> if you want if you want to check out like kind of a a, a good what what I consider to be decent synthwave not and I don't know I'm not the expert or anything but one of my uh, good friends lives in Japan in Tokyo Stuart, and uh, he's got a, a project called Dalie, which is actually his surname. He's been in a band called the Defective Frequency in uh, in Korea, and it's like keyboard, synth, drummer, bass player, guitar player, singer. 
he's got a side project called Dalier. I can put the link in the in the yeah. uh, I can find it on Spotify and send it to you. But he plays a lot in Tokyo, and um, he's I think he's uh, he's got quite a few listeners on YouTube. He's on Spotify as well. So like you know he's 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 really he's a good de- definitely worth checking out if you like synthwave. So um, and, and also like I think I have spoken to him about whether or not he'd be interested in joining us for a chat because he's also into like alternative stuff. Like I remember when I used to hang out with him in. Korea, he, he's, he's like, you know, we used to talk about prong because he's, he, he likes prong. Um, I think he, I think he likes nine inch nails. Um, but yeah, shout out to Stu, Dalier, good synthwave project. If you're on Spotify, definitely worth a check out. We'll cover yeah. synthwave in more detail on this because there is, there's, there's definitely a relationship with, with metal in there. You, you can hear it, you can see it in the artwork, like you said, it's, it's clear as day. So, and, and you're, the, you're the, the authority on this. It is, it is very similar. What got what got me into synthwave? Obviously, it was it was Ant's influence that that sort of pushed it my way. But Carpenter Brute's Leather Teeth is is sort of so metal in its delivery that I couldn't not like it. It's I don't know I, I fell in love with it. And Dance of the Dead, like you said, I I got all these four or five albums. Brilliant, love it all. So um, what was that? I mean, Dance of the Dead. Yeah, I feel a lot like Ant's without the pomposity. Yeah, Tokyo, great song. Well, yeah, but like when you when you look at the artwork, and it just it just reminds me of like standing in a street in Japan or in Korea, and you've just surrounded like like with neon lights. I mean, there, there are some times when I was living in that part of Asia, and I was just like, I feel like I'm in a scene from Blade Runner. Yeah, it, you know, it, it's and like the the. It's, it's, it's pretty cool, I've got to say. I mean, if you, if, you, if anyone ever gets the chance to go that that way in the world, definitely check it out because it's it's just such a so it's so different. It's, it's such a ref, it's not like going to like roaming. Oh, look, it's the Colosseum. I love all that kind of stuff. But when you go to places like that, and you know, like the, the metal bars in in Asia are fantastic. You know, the, the, they love it so much and such a passion for it. Definitely worth checking out. Because I will, I will uh, recommend one simply artist actually um, by by the name of Ghost, which is Ghost. Um, yeah, yeah I know. I've, I've checked them out. Yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's 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 less cyber. It's basically black metal synthwave. It's just brutal um, at times. Um, it's all very yeah, I was listening to um, Coven and Bound by Horror. Yeah. Malaficarium is the, is the one for me. It's just, you know, it's kind of. Like, you heard him a song called Malaficarium. Yeah. Well, as in like the Malleus Malaficarium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the book. Yeah, yeah. It's a video of witches and blood sacrifices. It's proper Hammer Horror stuff, but obviously the music is just brutal. Ah, okay. All right. So talking of black metal, then um, today. Uh, obviously Friday's a record release day now, aren't they? So Matt Heafy from Trivium, his his sort of Japanese influence black metal side project, Ibaraki or Ibarakai or I don't know how it's pronounced. That album was dropped today, and I, I got to say, after two listens in the car today, I was fucking blown away by it. It's it's an amazing piece of work. It's really really good. It's it's equal parts black metal. It's got traditional Japanese stuff in there. There's there's bits of prog in there. Hundred percent worth a listen, and it's surprisingly good. 
really really good definitely worth worth giving a shot um another band i discovered this week uh again sort of black metal type thing a band called uada sort of melodic epic progressive black metal really dark really great imagery definitely worth checking out and yeah ambush like you padre loving that just made me think sort of classic death leopard really yeah it's, it's, it's all good stuff i mean i do like i do like the way that um some of this this stuff is coming around I, I i'm not necessarily a big fan of like you know some of the labels that are being applied to some of these bands like trad metal i'm not i'm sorry it's thrash just call it thrash it is it's no. either it's thrash metal or it's it's heavy metal it's yeah, just yeah, I, mean, I think trad is as heavy as you know the old old school. Maybe maybe a bit bit power. You know, thrash is thrash in its own thing. Well, I suppose I suppose I'm still I still like well, the clearly just being thrash and speed. I still no, uh, there's no. I'm sorry that that's that's splitting hairs. Like, <laughs> I mean, like speed metal, thrash metal. Like, what? You know, I mean, I know Megadeth used to refer to themselves as a speed metal band. Do you remember? No, no, a state of the art speed metal. State band. of the art, as in that poster that we saw that time in, yeah. a, in a in a record shop in Penzance of all places. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, it's just like it, you're splitting hairs. It's like, well, I, I, honestly, there are some 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 labels that get, you know, like for example, what the hell is Sludgecore? <laughs> <laughs> well i suppose that's that's kind of self-explanatory in a way that it's it's slow and it's dirty and it's sort of well, i i don't it, actually understand like for example i'm like what the, like can someone explain metal chord to me like i, I what yeah, the hell yeah. is the, what is how do you what what criteria is being used to differentiate these genres from each other there was there, there was a clear difference certainly going back to the late 80s between metal and hardcore because hardcore was you know came more from a punk background even though the, the riffs were were heavy um and then you've got yeah metal you know you know big big riffs whittling and fastening whatever you've got that aesthetic uh, and after new metal and the reaction it prompted um you know, you end up with these bands saying, "We're, we're going to play a combination of this heavy music and this heavy music," and that's that's uh, that's what you ended up with. These these sort of um, you know hardcore song structures, which were simple, blended with uh, riffy riffy metal. That's yeah, you know, hard. It's, it's metal mixed with hardcore. That's how I understood it. But I could. could the thing is, my my argument on the whole metalcore thing is that when you think of the bands that are lumped into that, so your Killswitch engages, your your Unearth. You know that kind of thing. I, I yes, there's a there's there's a hardcore influence in the sound and and what they deliver. But if you just listen to it, it's just heavy metal. It's the the the, the breakdowns and things like that. That sort of thing has been a feature in in heavy metal and death metal and thrash and everything for years. Hardcore to me is Agnostic Front and Youth of Today and Civ and stuff like that. That's just speed. It's just a, a more aggressive punk, and that hardcore is not a part of metalcore. So it's more the 
the sort of like late 90s hardcore stuff bands like Hatebreed and Born From Pain and Terror is, is the blend of that and more traditional heavy metal is, is what has become metalcore but if you look at this this kind of obsession with categorising and grading everything I'm not just talking about metal now in just in, in general yes everything's got to be put into some kind of neatly arranged box yes it does. this is 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 blatantly a hangover or a a, a mechanism that's used in postmodern postmodernism it's like neoliberalism everything's got to be graded everything's got to be quantified everything's got to be put in a box everything's uh, it's not group rights, it's individual rights. Or, or no, it's not individual rights, it's group rights. We've got to be, we've got to put you in a group, and then we've got to assign things to the group. So, like, I mean, I mean, I mean, I, in terms of like what we've been listening to this week, um, like, I mean, I've, I've, I've come across, and I didn't know this before, the, this, the existence of an entire academic field called metal studies, which is based upon anthropology sociology um postmodernism gender identity um it's an amalgamation of different things so i've been like you know reading up on that and this 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 kind of like you know you start seeing these like kind of buzzwords coming up all the time like neoliberal postmodern uh subjectivity all this kind of stuff so i mean it's something we can talk about at a later date but yeah i i just get the sense that this you know this obsession with categorizing everything putting everything into groups detracts from the whole so it's like you know you lose sight of the forest for the trees as it were um and it's like it's almost like it's like people are, are so desperate to be you know kind of recognized in their own field that they're going to make a box for themselves so they can go i'm not this i'm that but i'm good at this but i'm not good at that validate me validate me yeah yeah it's like you know this constant need for validation yeah um, and like you know, I'm 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 different. I need to be my my differences need to be acknowledged. My uniqueness. And like you know, listen, mate. There's seven billion people living on the planet Earth. You're not that different. Get over it. <laughs> you know, um, we're not. Come on. No, you're right. You're 100 percent right. But it's like you know, people are. Oh, you know, I need, I need, I need, I need a day off work. I need a personal day. Mate, you sign a contract. Come in and do it. Do your job. You know. All right, let's let's, like let's let's move on from that before you upset people and they don't come back. Um, all right, so I'll give you two choices then. Next, are we going to talk metal news or are we going to talk about dogs outside polling stations? Hang on, look, see, look, look I, I miss this kind of stuff. You've got to catch me up. What, what are we talking about? Here? Dogs outside polling stations. <laughs> and you tell him. Oh, there's this thing on Twitter. It's been around for a few years now. Um, it's a hashtag. Yeah, I know. Hashtag. I don't even uh, know what a hashtag is. It's a pound sign. A little noughts and crosses kind of structure. Yeah, I know what a hashtag is. I just don't know what a hashtag is. Uh, you want you want, you mean you want the context? Is that what you mean? Or, yeah. It's just it's like, just it's just a way um you can tag um posts on Twitter with a uh, with with words of a pound sign. I'm, uh, it's I'm, a, it's, I'm, a it's a search tool on social media. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Search tool. He's he's better at this stuff than I am, clearly. Um, yeah, for some reason, some some people started taking photos of their dogs outside polling stations a few years ago because obviously voting is 
a nuisance but necessary and the Tories always bloody win so here's my dog outside a polling station and other people started doing it so it's just one of those things where it's voting day everything's awful but here's some lovely photos of dogs and outside. sometimes a cat yeah I'll tell you what I, I would there's something about that that's always like yeah I think I should have discussed this on the I Maiden episode but there's something about Bruce Dickinson that, that tells me he's a, he's a closet Tory. It's not a closet Tory. They all are. Like, no, no uh, just, yeah, they're, they're Thatcher's children, aren't they? Working class Tories are the worst kind of Tories. <laughs> you know, like, they really, no, they really are. Like, let's let's um, not let's not alienate any potential um, any potential listeners. Let's let's, let's just do no. <laughs> let's just do the, the the metal news for the week. Um, Ramstein have announced a European and UK tour for next year. Uh, stadiums in the UK, Belfast, Glasgow, and London. Ramstein are playing stadiums. See, this, yeah. this is see, this is this is clearly how far behind the times you are. So let me let me give you a timeline. So when Ramstein first played in the UK, they were down to play London Astoria, right? Which is not the biggest venue. What are we talking? Sixteen, seventeen hundred capacity in there, or when it was when it was around, and. I think a day before they were due to play, they arrived in the UK, saw the venue, realised there's no way they could do their pyro show there, so they pulled the show. No, no, I, I correct you there. They had actually played in the UK once, I think, before then, right. uh, in, a, in a very small venue where all, all Till did was wear the flame jacket. Yeah, there you go. So I've had enough of this continual discrimination, right? I am not behind the times. I've been away, right? What what I've done is I've been on a personal odyssey, right? This is like Odysseus. He goes off to fight Troy. He comes home. He fight, he's gone for like 10, 20 years, fights a Cyclops, shacks up with the Sirens, comes back home. The missus is shacked up with another man. He dresses up as someone else to disguise who he is so he, he can regain the throne of Ithaca. That's me. I've been out there. I've seen things you people wouldn't believe. Okay? Or start stopping uh, the bowels of the moon and stuff like I've that. Seen, I've seen attack ships on fire off a Ryan's <laughs> I have seen sunbeams sun bounce off the gate of Tannhauser. And all of these things have been lost like tears in the fucking rain. Well, you've been in the UK doing nothing. <laughs> I've been out there spreading the fucking word. Anyway, back to Ramstein. <laughs> yes, they do play stadiums. They play stadiums all over the world. And who gave them permission <laughs> <laughs> to play in any venue above two thousand five hundred seats? How did this happen? The kids, they want it. They need it. Have you even seen them live? I don't. I honestly don't know. <laughs> I don't think I have. They are one of the best liar that actually will ever see. It, so. be it belongs in a stadium. What they do yeah. belongs in a stadium. So yeah. when we talk stadiums, are we talking like Wembley? Wembley, yes. yeah. They're, they're, what they're going to sell ninety thousand tickets, and they will sell that yeah. in no time at all. Yeah. Are, in fact, you know, when we when we first saw them in, um, it was was it Docklands? Docklands Arena, wasn't it? Yeah. Docklands, yeah, in uh, on the Rutter tour. What my housemate at the time, he wasn't into metal. He was, fuck me, he, he listened to some awful shit. Um, 
and he wanted to come and see Rammstein because he heard about them and thought, yeah, that'd be a good laugh. And yeah, that's exactly the kind of band they are. I, I, I did, I did know someone that would only make love to his girlfriend listening to Rammstein. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 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 uh, I mean, I mean, it's, it's, I mean, it's. He he would say do, and she would just say do hast. <laughs> um, and then he would say Mick, you know. So was it Buchtig? No idea. There, this is a problem. <laughs> Meetings have happened in the last sixteen years that I've missed, and I think if I was there, I could have made a contribution. <laughs> Just just to finish that off, Ramstein, the best live show on the planet outside of Kiss. So there you go. Get your, go and have a look on YouTube. You'll see what I mean. Right, because I, I, I want uh, so when we're talking about like what we've been listening to this week, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I want to I want to raise one point. So talking about retro things, things that are like harkening back to our past. So did any of you play Championship Manager when you were younger? Yes. Right. right, so it's now it has been for a few years now. It's free because it's gone. It's the copyright's expired. You can download Championship Manager zero one zero two, considered by many to be the definitive version <laughs> of Championship Manager. It's the seminal, the seminal version, right? So is this one of these, I have to understand. Is this one of those games where you sit in front of a computer and basically write stuff, and then it just sort of does stuff in the background? You you, you don't write stuff. No, you manage the team. And then it, the, the, the match comes up and it's text. Okay? Okay, do I use and a joystick? No, no, no. You you literally manage the team. You don't play you don't play the actual match. You you manage the team of team the, the, the engine of the game plays the match for you. You wear a suit on FA Cup final day. And and you wear a suit on Cup Final Day. And you can you know so like for example, you know, you're at work and you know, you keep looking at your watch because you're like, I've got to get home because I've got a League Cup quarterfinal against Kidderminster Harriers, and I'm one 0 down on aggregate, you know. Or you know, anyway, so I was thinking, one of the so this game's free now. You can download it. It's great, right? <laughs> now, one of the great things is that you can download the editor to go with it, and the editor lets you go into the back end of the game and you can change stuff like the names. So what I've done is I've downloaded Championship Manager. I've got my black. I'm a Blackburn fan. Or my Blackburn Rovers team, but I don't have Shearer and Sutton or um, Gary Flickcroft or Brad Friedel or any or Damian Duff. I have I've changed the names of the players to heavy metal stars. Okay, so in goal, and I'm I'm playing I'm playing a formation. It's a formation of my own creation. I call it liquid metal. It's four one two two one. It's a very narrow formation. It gets you about four or five goals to see a game. So in goal, I've got Giza Butt. Okay. And my two centre backs, I've got Phil the Animal Taylor for Motorhead, Biff Bifford, Brian Tatler at right back, David Coverdale at left back. My uh, midfield enforcer is Bill Steer from Carcass. Murray and Smith are my, my midfield workhorses. Okay. And I've gone for like a, a kind of a Judas Priest influenced. Top three. Halford's my number nine striker, but he's backed up two attacking midfielders, um, KK Downing and Glenn Tipson. That is a team that's going to get you silverware. For the, for the benefit, the benefit of podcast listeners, 
all the time Padre's been saying this, I've been watching Trigenza's face <laughs> hand over it. And it's just, this is this is the face, you know, of what, what parents do when their child... And it goes, it goes deeper than that. Pissed. It goes deeper than that. Oh, God, it goes deeper than that. Because I've also changed the name of the support staff. So they're managed by <laughs> Viv Savage as of Spinal Tap and the team physio is Lemmy. Because oh, he's going to give them the drugs. And the board of directors, because you need the American you know, investment, is Lars <laughs> So my question to you would be, if you were going to have a first 11 of heavy metal stars, who would you put into your formation? I don't... I, uh, I, uh, God, I don't even know where to go with that. I'm one for next week, but at the moment, I'm just... I'm just exhausted, bro. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I just like you know. I, I, I didn't want Aussie because he's, he's, he's like Gascoigne. He's got drink issues. He's never going to turn up to training. And I thought you know you could have the manager. You could have Sharon Osbourne, but you know people are just no, going, no, 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 no. Um, <clears throat> yeah. So, I, I mean, I, I think that's that's a strong lineup, especially the midfield. You've got creativity, consistency. The, the Murray and Smith, they'll, they'll, they'll win you the game. I'm glad to see you've had a, a constructive, productive <laughs> week. This is what this, this is, what, what, I, this is, what this is the kind of stuff I think of when I'm... Masturbating. You know, students are talking to me and I'm like, yeah, I'm like, I look like I'm interested in what they're saying, but I'm like, do I want Halford or Bruce Dickinson up for <laughs> this, this is what he does when he's adjudicating exams. Yeah. Invigilating, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, well, sorry, whilst we're here, you, you mentioned Spinal Tap. I think we just need to give a big shout-out to Rick Parnell. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the um, spontaneous combusting drummer yeah. from Mrs. Spinal Tap. So, yeah. Rest in peace. It, it's, uh, it's almost right that he uh, he should have spontaneously combusted, really. But um, back to the matter. <laughs> and, oh, I don't even know where we were. Um Email me your formations of metal stars. Oh, but I, I, what, I, what I'm thinking is like, like we want a German one. We want you know a UEFA Champions League. Okay, like for example, I mean, I also, I also, I, 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 I won't go on much longer. I was Thanks thinking, for that. could like, could you have a Newcastle connection? No, could you just have the, the two, the two from Venom up front because it's like you know it's a partnership, isn't it? You know, Toshak and and Keegan, York and Cole. You know. Sheeran Sutton. You want you want a partnership. You want people that can play off each other, literally and figuratively. If you want to go down that, if you really want to go down that rabbit hole, right? I'm 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 being roped into this now. If we're talking regional musician-based football teams, all right, okay, you you've got something there. So if you're going to go heavy metal, you're going to go right. West Midlands, aren't you? First and foremost, you're going to go West Midlands. Yeah. So you're gonna you're gonna bring in Sabbath, Priest, Zeppelin, all of those. Yeah. You know, yeah. And then you obviously you've got London, particularly East London, and then outside of metal, Manchester, you've then got you know Leeds and like you said Newcastle and then Scotland. Yeah, I I get it. There's there's, there's a million and one options, and you know what? We'll probably do a fucking episode on it just to appease you. So, I mean, like, I'm sorry, can, but can you imagine, like, the Manchester team full of, like, 
those idiot like Oasis lot coming up against you know Bill Steer in, in, in defensive mid, he'll kill them. <laughs> he'll rip the fucking legs off. You, th- you think what Keane did to Alphine Thailand in that Man City game was bad? They won't get off the field. They'll, they'll have their heads on spikes. When did this become a football podcast? I don't know, but oh, come on, we all like football. Fucking hell. Right. I don't. I'm a Crystal Palace fan. I don't like football at all. You, you, you have my word. We, we will do this in an episode. If anyone listens, I'll be fucking amazed. But fuck it, we'll give it a go anyway. Also, while I'm here, wasn't the formation of Creation a Testament album? Uh, was it? It sounds like one. Yeah, but can you imagine? Like, what I'd like to see is like, did you, did you ever play? Um, is it international superstar soccer and like the the, uh, the Super Nintendo and the N64? Where's he going now? Immortal, For fuck's sake. There was that immortal line. There was that immortal line in the commentary. Tight defensive play. If there was a metal band that had an album just called Tight Defensive Play, it would be awesome. Come on. It would be great. Oh, my fucking God. Um... <laughs> but, you know, one last thing. Just imagine, though, if this was actually a football team and you've got John Watson commentating. This goes, Smith, Steer, Animal Taylor. Oh, he's hacked him down. He's gone straight red. <laughs> <sighs> P- please accept my apologies. Anyone that's listening... I am sorry. We're going to shut him up now and move on. Downing's put the through ball through. Halford's off. He's hell bent for leather. Go! (laughs) (laughs) All right, Partridge. I heard about that. Yeah. Fucking, this has gone off on too many tangents. I'm going to balance that out, quite frankly, because, you know. Yeah, that's it. You, you go below. Yeah, go on. <laughs> Fuck off. Don't hurry back. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, he mentioned what he was going to bring up just before the episode started. I thought, oh, God. I, I don't even know where to go now. Um, I tell you what. Let, let, let's go back to this week's metal news. And There, what, there was news? There, 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 is, there is a little bit. I mean, it's a bit tenuous, but there is a little bit. So, long time ago. Let's let's start with Judas Priest finally being inducted into the Rock Hall of Fame. Which the Rock Hall of Fame is a bit of a fucking, it's a bit of a joke. It's a bit of a industry bollocks, isn't it? It is industry bollocks, but at the same time, there's so many artists that what Deep Purple. Yeah, into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. Let's have a look. I've got the full list here of 351 inductees. <laughs> 350, I, I would hope so. Uh, yeah, Deep Purple were inducted in 2016, so there you go, you get your wish. But Judas Priest has... It's going to be much earlier. Judas Priest have finally been inducted into that, which has obviously pleased a lot of people. Um, but you look through the list and you think, you know, all right, this might be me being a little bit naive and a bit narrow-minded but i look through the list and i don't know who half these people are so who the fuck is chet atkins anyone know no, well, no idea. that says it all um dave bartholomew sounds like the fucking butcher from down the road no idea well, I, 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 oh, I isn't, that, isn't that dave who's a rapper 
now. I don't fucking know. They, You're asking the wrong they person. Could be, they, could, they, they could be kind of country and western uh, singers. I don't know. Because, like, you know, I mean, that's another thing. It, what's the difference between country and western? Is it always the same bloody thing? It's all fucking miserable. It's the same thing. Um, more of the list. Uh, the Beatles. Never heard of them. Sounds awful. Probably never catch on. Absolute load of shit. I mean, there's there's all sorts in there. Obviously, Sabbath are in there. There's plenty of metal bands in there that have been. Yeah, but who who did Sharon Osbourne have to sleep with to get them in? That's an edit. Nah, fuck it. I'm not editing that out. Um, but uh, am I right in thinking that that Maiden turned this down when they were? When they were invited, I mean, I might be wrong, but I'm pretty sure they did. I'm going to double check. Probably because you know it's not fan based, is it? So no, it's, 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 it's very well, much not not fan based. But but there you go. So Judas Priest have been inducted, which is apparently <laughs> fucking hell. What the fuck was that noise? An elephant just walked in the room. I just I turned the microphone off, so you didn't hear that. Sorry. Yeah, well, we, we definitely heard it. Um, so yeah, that's that's that. Um, Dave Ellison and Jeff Young are back on stage together, apparently, for this Ultimate Jam night. Padre, that's one for you. I'm sorry. Like, no. Jeff Young, who cares? You were on one album. Dave Ellison, you're clutching at straws, mate. You What you oh, did was no. wrong. You know it. Shut up. You know, it's 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 not a jam session. It's, it's oh, please give us your money, because, you know, we're, we're just trying to, like, eke out a bit of... Uh, money based on our like association with Megadeth and Dave Mustaine piss off wasting everyone's time go away well along the same well not along along the same lines but along similar lines um two former members of death Rick Ross and Terry Butler are touring uh death under the name left to die um and they're playing leprosy in full on a US tour now obviously there's been death to all which is other members of death have gone out and done death songs so is this is is this a tribute or is it a bit a bit desperate I, I'm, I'm not sure i'm not sure how i feel about it it's always it's always a bit awkward when when a you know a key member of a band dies and the band can't carry on but people obviously want to hear the music but i can't i can't kind of decide whether this is just sort of cashing in on on a legacy or it's a good thing I don't know, Padre, what do you think? You're a Death fan as well, so what do you reckon? Nah. Two, ori two original uh, members. Yeah, but the, the problem is, though, how, how, do you, how, how, do you, how do you replace, like, Chuck Schuldinger? Not, not just the guitar player, but the voice. It's like, if, if, if you went to see, you know, think of one of your favourite bands, is it, would it be the same with a different singer? Like, I mean, I never saw... I never saw I made him with Blaze Bailey. I mean, do you know anyone who did? Do you know anyone that was like, no, it's just not, it's just not the same. It's just I can't, I can't get past. I can't, I can't listen to uh, Holier Than Thou. So not Holier Than Thou. Hallowed Be Thy Name. I can't. I need Bruce doing it. I can't get past this. You know, like, is it? it would it be the same? Um, with with a band with, with a lot of death metal bands, probably not. But with death, it probably is because. They were out there on their own. They were quite a unique band in themselves. You know, I was listening to Symbolic on my way home today. And when you think that, you know, people who, who have an untrained ear 
often you know refer to death metal as just noise or or whatever or why do they just scream or why do they just growl or, or whatever but you listen to death especially at that point you know they they did something completely different they 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 took death metal down a whole new avenue and and it was all about chuck so this this whole tribute thing death to all before and now left to die i just i'm just not all that comfortable with it i just think it is a bit pissing all over the legacy rather than celebrating it yeah i mean if it's if it, if it, if it's a celebration then you know get a get get a few um um, death metal bands or bands from the Tampa scene that were there at the time and made and put a tour together and you know so you've got people that can um you know kind of do cover songs and stuff like I mean I I, I quite like um what Kerry King did after Jeff Hanneman died and they had like a kind of like a spoken word like he got fans in that you could go to a theater and Kerry was just telling stories about Jeff and stuff yeah if you want to do a tribute to someone do that you eulogize them yeah. You don't necessarily have to pay go out on tour because you are trying to you're basically trying to cash in. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of deaf fans that would love to hear stories about Chuck who never got a chance to see him or who were there back in the day but never maybe never got a chance to meet him. That you can do kind of stuff like that. I'd pay ten quid to go and listen to someone tell some really good cool stories about one of the, the band members of a band that I really love. Like I I I I'd pay to go and see Slayer talk about what it was like back in the day with Jeff. You know, I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot to be said about that. Like, a lot of that, the the spoken word, like or an evening with kind of yeah style. Thing. I mean, did you hear? Like, I mean, Mike Tyson did it. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, no, it's it's a really it's a really common thing now, and it is entertaining because they've all got stories to tell. But I I, I don't mean, think it, this it, is I don't think this is a is a cash in as such because it's not big enough for it to be, you know, making loads of money. But it still doesn't feel right. Just feels a bit desperate. Yeah. I mean, so. I mean, in, in ten or twenty years' time, people will be coming to an evening with Padre. I mean, I highly doubt that. They, if you if you build it, they will come. <laughs> <laughs> There's always uh, an evening with Machine Head. Is that a joke? No, they've been doing it for years. That's the other thing. Have you heard about these like heavy metal cruisers? Yeah, like Chris Jericho organizes them. Yeah, and like, um, and like seventy thousand tons of metal and Kiss Cruise and Mega Cruise and all that kind of stuff. They're really popular. Yeah, I'm all I for it. I'm all like... for it. If like, if I could afford it, I'd be all over that. A, a, a cruise um, around the Caribbean with a load of metal. But yeah, I'd be oh, all over that. Cruise. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Like okay. a Car- Caribbean cruise on a, a proper all singing, all dancing cruise ship. Well, apparently, the good thing about it is. All the all the bands and everything, because obviously they've got to be on the ship. They can't fly in, fly out, and do all that. They've they've got to live on the ship for the same like three or four days as all the other scumbags, and they're just milling around. They're staying in the same cabins and everything. Apparently, it's fucking brilliant. I'd be all over it if I had the money. Yeah, 100%. yeah. I mean, it would be quite good to be able to like you know go and have a beer with so and so from whichever band, and like you know what was it like when you did that tour? And they're like, you know, oh, yeah, yeah, this and that. Uh, that'd be quite cool. You say about Chris Jericho's one, that looks like a lot of fun because they've got loads of like little stages scattered all around the ship and, you know, bands like get together and do covers and also it does look like a lot of fun. So, you know, when, when we're all in our 70s and, and want to go on a cruise, that's the kind of fucking cruise we'll go on. Which brings me on to when we're 70 years old, 
obviously there's not going to be a Guns N' Roses, a Metallica, a Maiden, a Sabbath. So, what happens when all these bands do actually hang up their boots, which I probably already have licked, um, and who comes in and fills the void? Well, firstly, I need you licking stuff put on the veto list because I'm, nope. just, I'm sick and tired of it. My veto list, and if I want to lick it, I'll lick it. I'm even going to lick the li fucking veto list. See, you're going to lick a list? Yep, I'll lick it. Like a, a, a physical list? Like a massive stamp. Well, you know what your tongue would be going over, don't you? Don't say it. Because we're, we're like an hour into I'm this podcast and you haven't said it yet. So. It. I'm not the one that's licking it. Okay, you're the one that's licking it. You, you, you claim that you despise them, but you're ready to lick their name on a piece of paper. No, you're getting too close. Too close. Back to the original question. What is going to happen? So when we're, when we're old and ruined and, and struggling to walk and all that kind of shit, who are going to be the big dogs, the, the, the kings? Are we still going to have... I mean, the world would have changed, obviously, but... The big festivals, the downloads and the, the Wackens and Hellfest and things like that, is it all going to carry on? Are there bands around now that can carry the torch into the future? At the moment, well, I, 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 you know, three, you know, two hours ago, I, I would probably have said no. But since the fact that the revelation that Ramstein can play Wembley Stadium, I don't know anymore. What's right? What's up? What's down? It's completely changed my perspective. Well, um, Ramstein are already uh, already obviously been headlining the big festival so but you're right they are an option and we'll, we'll, we'll come back to the, the potential contenders in a little bit but first and foremost will we see a change in in how like how the festivals happen do we think the festivals will get smaller because those bands are now gone but at the same time, does it matter about the headliner as such if the whole lineup is strong enough to hold to hold up no. with a with with a hundred thousand people? Do you need no. the big headliner? I don't. I, I don't think so. I think you've got to festivals themselves have their own appeal to people, just as a sort of a weekend away. If you look at a festival like Glastonbury, and I know it's not metal, it's not rock, but people. That gets sold out before even the headline is pronounced. Yeah. People people like festivals. People go to festivals regardless of who the bands people are. Don't like festivals. Yeah, metal, metal bands will you know, they'll, they'll, go. People don't like Glastonbury. They want to be able to say they've been to Glastonbury because of the level of permeation that that festival has had into mainstream culture. It's 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 like it's like for example everyone wants to say they've eaten this in this place. I've been to Glastonbury and it's ruined it. The people that genuinely like to go and they've been going for years get squeezed out. Um, and you know, the people that, you know, those people that, that went to that festival year after year after year through all the mud and everything kind of contributed to the, the cachet that that festival had. Um, and I'm sure there's people who went to Donating Monsters of Rock in 1988 or 1984 or whoever, whenever, who, who look at download and things now, if they even if they're still around and go, this isn't this isn't a festival. This is a this is a, a, a this is a press conference with a main stage. 
you know. Like, I mean, I th- wasn't it like back in the day at Donington, you could drive your car onto the, the site. You could, people used to go in with like least, um, massive containers of homemade brew. Yeah. You know, now it's just like, you know, you can't take anything in. You can't, you, I mean, health and safety is one thing, but it's just become too commercial. Maybe, maybe, maybe um, not having a band that can sell you a 75,000 capacity festival set it out in a couple of days is a good thing. Maybe these type of things become more localized. So rather than having one massive festival, you have different festivals in different parts of the country because there's, there's already people doing this kind of thing. There's, there's, there's now there's a Cornish metal festival every year. Funnily enough is that Wendering cricket club, you know? Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's, I'm sure there's, there's other variations on it. You know, Re- you know, Reading's Reading because Reading and Glastonbury, they will always be there because they're not, they, they're not just one type of music. They, they, they draw on a larger, from a larger well, as it, as it were. But I, I, I don't, I, I can't see these bands. Uh, so these companies, like, is it, what is it? Is it Clear Channel that owns Don, uh, Download? Live Nation. Live Nation. Like you know, these these are these are these are com- these are massive corporations, um, and I think they must be Live Nation must be a subsidiary of someone else. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, but, but I, I'm sure if you looked at them, they would probably be a subsidiary of someone else. They, 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 mean, prob- they probably back are. Back in the day when Reading was what was it? Reading was Mean Fiddler. Yeah, it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and I don't know who Donington was, but the original the Donington Monsters of Rock. I think with the, with the way the current state of play is, when so look at Download this year, Kiss, Maiden, uh, Biffy Clyro, third headliner, I think. I don't know, but either way, you need some serious financial clout these days to have headliners of that stature. So you need these these huge corporate organisations to be able to fund it. Um, yeah, yeah, um, and a lot um, of that a lot of that is driven by the the way we listen to music now, the streaming, because artists are no longer making music from making money from their music they have to make it from touring so they're now going probably going to be charging a lot more for each appearance and, and so on and so forth so if you haven't got that that clout from companies like live nation these festivals wouldn't happen at, at the, the way the current state of play is if people want to see guns and roses or kiss or maiden headline a festival you're going to have to pay 250 for the privilege yeah yeah but is is that still potential if if um, there's no outstanding headliner? But down the lineup, you've got a really strong a really strong sort of plethora of bands. I mean, if you, so if you think about it logically, these days if you buy a ticket for a gig, say Brixton Academy in London, for instance, you're looking at forty to fifty quid minimum just to see that one band. You go to something like Download, you pay 250 quid for your ticket or whatever it is now, and you might see 20 to 30 bands over the weekend. So the value for money per artist mm. is actually pretty good. Yeah, I mean, and I think as well, it's the, it's the, it's the overall experience of it. And also, like, you are um, around like-minded people where you can, you know, have a beer or a cup of tea, or something a bit more, something a bit stronger. Um, 
and uh, discuss like you know who you know are oh, you know I like this I like that. You're saying about like you know when we're talking about you know the elitism in heavy metal in episode two, and um, you go to a place like that, and it's a great leveler. There's an egalitarianism to it. Yeah. And um, I mean, it. it I mean, it, it, uh, like the the the. The, the experience we had download in 2005. Who has the rifles? Where are the guns? Oh, the, the Nazi. <laughs> yeah. I fucking forgot about that. So, uh, do, do you want me to tell the story? Tell it, because you... It you, you, you this is the, the thing is, this is you in the midst of roughly 100,000 people, and you find the Nazi. <laughs> or the Nazi finds you. Uh, no, no, no. That was um, that was download two thousand and three. Oh, that was a different year. Um, no, two thousand and four. Because do you remember that was the year? Now that's a good point. So you've got the big band. You're talking about these festivals like Download or Donington or Ozfest, being able to attract the big bands. Are are, are fans in the future ever going to be able to say like we have that they were there? in download 2004 where Lars Ulrich was sick and he was unable to play and we saw Dave Lombardo play Master of Puppets Battery and the Four Horsemen with Metallica and then we saw Joy Jordison from Slipknot play the rest of the set that was something like you know we we were we were getting annoyed because they weren't coming on stage remember the funniest line and one of one of the funniest like off the cuff remarks I've ever heard from our mutual friend Rob who uh, works for Music Radar and Total Guitar Magazine. He was like, after like forty-five minutes of, the, of us waiting for Metallica to come out stage, he just turns around and says, first and anger now this." <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, you you so, spent you spent that time orchestrating a bottle of a bottle of wine. Yeah, yeah, and then and then like James Hetfield comes out and goes, "Look, Lars is sick." we don't want to let you guys down. We've got some friends to uh, help out. And we're like, oh my God, does that mean they're going to get... And we were like, they're going to get Dave Lombardo, aren't they? And Dave Lombardo played with Metallica. That was special. You're, yeah, not, you're yeah. never going to see that again. Yeah, as, as, a, as a metal fan, that, I, that for me feels pretty iconic. Seeing Metallica do something like the Four Horsemen with Dave Lombardo on drums is a big deal. It's a massive and, deal. And, 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 and Dave Lombardo having the, the confidence or the, the temerity to add drum films. Yeah. And Joey Jordison as well. Again, another yeah. one, rest in peace, did exactly the same thing. What what the, what those two drummers brought to Metallica that day, it just put a whole new spin on it. That was an amazing gig. I, I, I loved it. So but the story that we, yeah, and, and yeah, we, we were waiting to go in because Slayer came on late. Because they, I think they were both playing in Denmark or something, and they'd come over late or something. And I remember Rob standing next to the, uh, I think it was the guitar player from Opeth in the crowd waiting for Slayer to come on. And he was like, oh, oh shit, it's the guitar player from Opeth. But I was outside waiting to go in, and like that's when the, the Nazis started talking to that's me it, about yeah. all, all the all the non-whites. And, the, and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> you know, um, like... No, I, I'm not. No, I don't think it's a problem. Uh, but, <laughs> like, you know, like I said, thousands and thousands of people, game. and the Nazi finds you. So, you know. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. And I'm. Of course. Like, oh, you know, you know, you know. Hitler was this, and Hitler was that, and I was like, dude, literally, I've just literally finished my history degree 
I wrote my thesis on Nazi Germany. You have got no idea what you are talking about. Oh, well, that's just because you believe what the media tells me. I'm like, oh, whatever, mate, shut the fuck off. <laughs> you know? Um, but you know, it's when we went in 2005. Do you remember? Like, they, those, we were camped out near the, near the fence. And the women, the oh, security guards came out. Yeah, and they were like, be, be careful, guys, because we've had yeah. a lot of uh, people have been jumping over the fence and robbing tents. And I was like, don't worry, we're okay, because we've brought enough weaponry with us <laughs> to, to put down a small rebellion. And uh, I've and also, just, just in case we've got to go into action at night, we've got night vision goggles. And the woman goes, you've got night vision goggles. And we didn't, we didn't think anything of it. 20 minutes later, they come back with three police officers, the head of security and a load of guards. And the guy just comes up to him and goes, all right, guys, who's got the guns? <laughs> and I'm like, me, me and Trigenza just looking at each other, just going, so what, what's, what, so what, 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 what's happening? What guns? What, what are you on about? And he's like, you just told these that you've got guns and night vision goggles. And I'm like, mate, I work as an admin assistant for the career service. I make 12 grand a year. Do you honestly think I've got a sniper rifle stashed in my tent? <laughs> you know, and like, you know, and they're like, we're going to have to search your tents. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, we've got like half an ounce of weed in the tent. So I don't really want you to, like, I'm thinking, oh my God, what if they find the weed? You know, and then like, and then the coppers were just like, oh, you're just wasting our time to the security guards and walked off. And then like, you know, the security guards were grilling us and we're like, we haven't got guns. Like, I was like, how do you think we got them? I said, if we managed to get rifles into this gig, I said, that doesn't say much about the fact that you frisked us on the way in, like you were frisking everyone else. Anyway, they, they left. And then the, the guy comes back like a minute later and goes, look, listen, if you have got them, just keep them safe. And we're like, we haven't got guns. Like, what do you think we're doing? Oh, I've lost my train of thought now. Yeah. But um, like, seriously, like, like, like you said, do you do you need to have a band like Iron Maiden or Kiss or Metallica or Guns N' Roses to, to justify a festival of that size? Can you sell the tickets alone on smaller bands? Or do you have a system where you have four or five stages and you don't have a main stage? Yeah, see, I, I, I quite like that idea that you don't need the big headline. Like you say, you have four or five smaller stages or you have smaller festivals scattered around. So let's let's take let's take Bloodstock, for instance, which has this year Behemoth, Merciful Fate and Lamb of God um, as headliners. Um, I think Bloodstock will do about, what, 15,000 people? So is, is that going to be the future? Because none of these bands that headline that are ever going to headline download doesn't matter how many how many pyros they throw at a live show they're never going to be able to pull that off so is that the future because for me there's no one around now even if you go back to the 90s and the early 2000s fucking i don't know corn are never going to headline a hundred thousand capacity festival or kill switch engage or i know system of a down have but that I think if they hadn't gone away for a few years, that would never have happened. It's only the fact that they'd gone away and came back that it can be used as an excuse to headline a festival. Yeah, no, the, the reality is is that music um, and the fan bases are... They're not what they were. And I don't, I don't want to get into a conversation about how music was better when we were younger and whatnot, because everyone says that. Which is different. 
and, and whatnot. But it's we are. It was a mid fifties. It was. It was. Yeah, we are sixty five years into popular music now. Yeah, a lot has happened. You know, we we've had innovation and 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 new ideas for for years, and we've reached a a point where but, but, you know there's a, there's a lot out there. Like, people who say there isn't any any good music now, it's it's bollocks. Of course there is. There's lots of lots of good new music. You just got to look for it. What we what we've seen is is we've originality is is being stretched. It doesn't doesn't happen very often, and it's it's that originality that and it keeps for longevity because bands find their own own thing to do, um, their own spin. You know, you think of look what I made and had Black Sabbath, had Kiss, any any great artist from back in the day. Can you say that any artist, whether in metal or rock or any form of music, has got something that's so distinctly them um, and that hasn't been heard before in some capacity? And we can't. Um, we were talking about these bands earlier that, that we that we like from Sweden or whatever, and they're, they're playing very retro music, and they're brilliant, brilliant at it, but it's very old-school music. Um that these these younger people have latched onto as being something that suits them, um, and that's the thing is it's it's not it's they're, they're not going to be doing it for thirty years because they didn't um, they didn't make that form of music themselves. Um, so I think we're probably at this point going to be stuck with a slowly decreasing uh, festival size or gig size. With, band, with with various bands who who will be there who will be around for a handful of albums, um, but certainly won't have that longevity that um, people in the past had because we, we're past that point now. Well, the music industry is totally different now, isn't it? Yeah. You know, we, That's the with with the way with the way, way we listen to, purely the way we listen to music now, um, you could argue even things like podcasts. Every all all our entertainment. For our ears, so to speak, is it's just instant. It's it's there now. I've, and... I've, I've got I've got two YouTube clips that I could bring into this conversation that I think are very relevant to what we're talking about. And the first one is this one. So, like when we're talking about festivals and stuff, and we can you know we can talk about I mean like one 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 concert or one live show that I would really have liked to have been able to see. Was that Guns N' Roses Metallica tour? Yeah, in yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, come on. I mean, that's two bands at that absolute peak. With Faith No More as well. With oh, Faith oh, No More, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. In, 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 in stadiums. I mean, yeah. like massive, like 100,000 capacity stadiums. Um, but one of the other, what, like what, a concert that I always wish I could have gone to see was the um, uh, 1993 Megadeth, Metallica, Megadeth, Diamond Head, and um, the Almighty at the Milton Keynes Bowl, which we've been to before because we've seen gigs there. And that, that was the first time Megadeth and Metallica ever shared a stage. You've got Megadeth on the Symphony of Destruction tour. Metallica is still touring the Black Album. And again, they're, they're, they're two bands who are really in their absolute prime, at their I think at their peak of playing live. And I, I know people that were there, but I'm like, 
imagine you're in the crowd and it's like you know are you are we ever going to have this kind of thing again so i'm just gonna i'm just gonna share this with you because it's you know it's quite funny too um this is 11 minutes into the set okay and i remember being really excited about this because uh i so i found this i found this clip on youtube a while ago but i actually found this entire concert on a bootleg randomly in a record store in prague when i went there on a college trip when i was like 17. i was like this is amazing okay here we go how's everybody doing this fine afternoon here eh? <laughs> For me, today is a very historical day. Um, uh, ten years of bullshit is over between Megadeth and Metallica. And there's a lot of assholes that said this would never, ever happen. And for those sad people, there is one word that describes you, and that is liar. Okay, so <laughs> imagine you're in the crowd for that, you know, and that's only possible because you've got two bands that have had a rivalry, but they've decided to share a stage. And, and I mean, and like, like Trigenza said, music's changed and the way, way, way things are recorded. I mean, do we have any rivalries anymore in like, in, in like metal other bands that really can't stand each other, but when they come into proximity, it really gives them a, a kick in the ass performance wise. No, not, not in the um, same way. You get, you, you no, get Twitter spats and things like that. That's about it. Yeah, I know. It's, just, it, it, it's, it's just a different beast. And you know, I mean, how much money does a band make of playing like a a, 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 um, a venue that's got 3,000 and how much they make of headlining uh, like Donington? I, th I think I, I, I heard once like uh, the standard flat rate to get Metallica to play anything is a million. Yeah, with, with those big bands, you're looking at one to 1. 1.5 million US dollars. Yeah. So, and again, this brings me back to my earlier point that you need organizations like live nation to be able to fund that knowing that they're going to sell 90 to a hundred thousand tickets to pay for it that's the thing though isn't it? it's not just the uh it's not just getting that one band in it's it's, it's renting the venue yeah it's pay it's everything it's all the other expenses i mean you can spend 1.5 million alone on the the materials for sandwiches for jason newstead because <laughs> he's so cheap you know i mean but you know those festivals obviously make make a lot of money off the vendors as well because I think if if you wanna if you wanna stick a burger van at Donington I think it's about twenty grand for a weekend or something like that so you think about all the food outlets. Do you not really get to my yeah. nerves about that kind of stuff at, at festivals? Any 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 festival it doesn't matter if it's metal or not or Reading or Glastonbury. It's like, do you know what? If you're gonna stick a burger van, could you could someone at least make an effort to actually have a good burger van, the one that doesn't taste like it's a rat burger or something? You know, like, does the food have to... I mean, if, the, if you're going to charge me 10 quid for a burger and chips, could you at least put an effort into making it, you know? Like, the only the only time, the only, uh, only two times I've ever been at a festival, I've been like, that is good food. One, all the food at Vacuum was great. Yes. Two, Reading, 99, the desperate Dan Pine, Pine Mash, Mash. double-decker bus. Yeah. 
awesome, awesome stuff. And it was stodge and it was carbs and it filled you up. And it was like three quid, wasn't it? It was, yeah, it was yeah. And then, and then interspersed with that was wake up in the morning, let's go to BHS and get the 10 piece breakfast. But even BHS is gone now. Like, it's just like everything, <laughs> you know, everything's disappeared. You know what you say about that? Um, Anne and I went to Rambling Man, which is like a, a rock and blues festival in Maidstone in Kent a few years ago. And the food, yeah. there, the food there was quite decent, wasn't it? There was all sorts of like, like in pulled pork and and like in brisket and oh, yeah. that kind of stuff. It was a very middle class festival. Oh yeah, absolutely. <laughs> it's middle class. Uh, well, it, 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 literally, it was. Uh, you know, I mean, we we were probably some of the younger youngest people there. It was, um, it was deck chairs and wine. Yeah, it is. Yeah, there was there was definitely cheese knocking about the place. People on picnic yeah. blankets. Deck stuff. chairs, wine, cheese, and David Coverdale. And we and we loved it. <laughs> Absolutely, and it rained. <laughs> so you know, this is what it's all about now. We're we're listening to classic old school, you know, rock rock and roll, shouty stuff, and we're just sitting down chilling. Yeah, D- David Coverdale, like, the politest man in rock, probably is. Yeah. I mean, like, do you remember when we saw him at Vakin and he's like, and he just kept thanking everyone for coming and so gracious. But at the same time, he probably had like a, a, a like a harem of about 500 women out the back just waiting for the snake. You know, it just feed the snake, feed it. Fucking hell. All right, okay, so. so yeah, the, the other, yeah, but the, no, if, if you can indulge me for one more follow. Oh, fuck. Okay. Like, I'm, so I found, I found this weird. No, 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 this is Gene Simmons talking about the music industry to Henry Rollins in, a, in an interview. And, you know, I think it, it, it cuts to the, really, what the point of what we're talking about, like what happens or what's happened to uh, music. Okay. Everybody's exactly in the same kiss business as Kiss is in. We just do it a zillion times bigger. Everybody goes out on tour and sells t-shirts you're in the kiss business baby see it's, when you buy a t-shirt you don't get music you're in the licensing and merchandising business the fact the only thing everybody's complaining about rem and thing and punk bands and thrash bands although there are no more of those whatever you want a death metal band yeah we're not like kiss yes you are you're goddamn straight you are johnny rod and johnny Lydon, who has always been straight up about it yeah i know he's very honest very honest this sucks you better pay me money and that's life we're all exactly the fuck the same and anybody that tells you that they want less money in life be suspicious of this person this is a liar everybody wants more money i just want enough money you're full of shit it's never enough you know when you're when it's enough when you're dead that's when it's enough (laughs) um what is your involvement in the music industry at this point I support new bands, um, but there's no more record industry. I went on record initially uh, when Kazaa and the, you know, all the download sites went on. This is robbery. This will kill the music industry. You will all be sorry. The record industries are just about to roll over and die. The entire industry is in chaos because anything you give away for free will come back and fuck you up. The biggest music on earth is rap music because rockers stopped acting like rock stars. You didn't want to show people that you had big houses. You didn't want to show them that you were surrounded by beautiful women with big tits, which we all love. Don't kid yourself. You wouldn't wear your jewelry. You didn't want to drive around your fast cars. And we started to look like bums. 
And who didn't? Rappers. Rappers are the new rock stars who are, feel great, comfortable, unapologetic, and flip you off when you say, you like my house? They throw money on the screen. They're rock stars. We want our rock stars to be unlike ordinary people. Well, the rock stars became ordinary people. The record industry sucked and rolled over, wasn't litigious. You'll only get the respect you demand. They didn't go after all those college kids, hundreds of thousands, and wipe them off the face of the earth for infringing on artists' rights. The record industry is dead because of the fans. They killed it. And what you have now is chaos because that happened. And so what's going on with new band? Good luck, my God. How the fuck are you going to put a new record out there? You're not going to get an advance or very little of it. Tour support is out the window. Unless you're an emo band or rap, you're dead. How are you going to be a punk band and come out here and try to make a living without, a, of course, having to deal with all the other punk groups and say, it's not about the money. Right. Let's put that aside. But how are you going to be the next Rollins band or Black Flag and expect to go out on tour and pay your bill? Yeah, so what do you think? He makes so much. When was that interview done? I remember that, that Rollins TV show that he did. Um, um it doesn't. It doesn't. It doesn't say, but it's got to be before the advent of like mass social media. Yeah, it ha it has to be. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's got to be a good twenty plus years old. And look, Gene Simmons is a bell end. We all know that. But he does talk a lot of sense. And when he says that the, the fans are going to kill the music industry, he's right. Whether we like it or not, because of supply and demand. And because of like going back to Napster and what that has created now, you know, they're not rock stars anymore. You know, I remember seeing a while back, um, I think it was, I think it was Doyle, a uh, guitarist from the Misfits, um, put a picture on social media, I think it was Instagram, of a royalty check that he got for his own music. And it was 96 cents. You know, and so that's that's what that's what supply and demand from the fans has created. We, look, we've all got Spotify accounts, Apple Music, whatever. We all do it because it's convenient. But this now means that artists are not making money from their music, from selling their music. So now they go out, obviously, have to go out and tour harder, charge more money for their tours, which now means we're now no longer playing, paying twenty quid for a ticket. We're paying. 50 60 quid for a ticket or with the likes of made and so on you're paying 100 quid upwards for a ticket because that's how they make their income whereas the the, the smaller bands that are coming through are struggling to make an income because they, they they can't do that they're not in that position so they have to yep. they have to go out and play 200 that's, shows that's, a year just a to pay point. their fees to the labels and and the, the other thing as well i think is that you are um if, if, if I could use an analogy and I don't, or make a comparison, and I don't know if, if you're going to agree with me, do you remember back in the day when you used to watch WWF wrestling? And it used to be like Hulk Hogan versus, or The Ultimate Warrior or The Undertaker yeah. versus a wrestler that you'd never heard of. Some yeah. puny white guy that would get the crap beaten out of him for like 30 seconds or two minutes and like, you know, choke slam, beat him up. Drop, jump off the rope, chop him, tombstone him, one, two, three. And you're like, oh my God, The Undertaker is amazing. He's all these great moves. 
Um, but then w- once you got like Cable and Monday Night Raw and WCW Nitro, and it was basically The Undertaker versus Hulk Hogan for free on Monday night on Sky TV, you're like, oh, I've seen this before. It's, it's not interesting to me anymore. Yeah. You know, whereas it's not like, oh my God, it's WrestleMania. I've got to buy it on pay-per-view because I really want to see uh, Austin versus The Rock. Oh, I've seen that 50 times before. I'm not paying for that. I'll just I'll just record it. I'll download it off, off uh, BitTorrent or something. You know, it's the same thing. It's like you give away Gene Simmons. I think yeah, I, I agree with you. Gene Simmons is, is incredibly mercantile. Yeah. Um, he, he, he's, he, but it's, it's a, it's a fucking job. Like I don't, I don't go away and do private lessons for free. I'm like, no, I want the money up front. Yeah. It's a business. I, At the end of the day, they are only living. They've got mortgages and rent to pay. Yeah. Now, so just because he, just because he makes God knows what a year based on merch and everything else he's ever done. Um, and I'm sure that those guys have got really cast iron contracts with record labels about where they get their royalties from. The problem is, though, this isn't Capitol Records or Geffen who are whining and dining Guns N' Roses for six months before they signed them to a multi-million dollar deal. And they were, were going to give them the keys to the kingdom and, and give them the tour support and the album support and the marketing. Spotify aren't doing this. They're just saying, write an album and we'll take it and we'll, we'll, we'll give you um, a wafer thin cut of whatever money you make we'll us. Give you pence. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Spotify aren't, aren't going out and sending A&R men out to the clubs and going, right, we want A&R men down on the, on the Sunset Strip every fucking weekend. Go and get me the next Motley Crew. Oh, I found a band called Poison or another guy coming back going, actually, this is a band called Metallica who aren't like glam, but, but they're fucking good. Okay, you know, it's it's like they aren't. Are Spotify going to say to a new band up and coming, we really like what you're doing? We're going to advance you 200 grand or 600 grand to go and record your first album, and then we'll lend you with a million to get that on tour because it's going to it's gonna come back and, and, and engage us. No, what those bands are doing is they're going on, on free social media and linking themselves to Spotify. So Spotify is getting free publicity. And then you're paying for the damn account, or even if you don't pay for the account, you're you're consuming the the, the content on Spotify, but you've got to listen to the ads. Yeah. So the the, the it, it, it's it's rotten to the core. Um, you know, I don't, I, I honestly don't care if a band wants to have if if Gene Simmons wants to have ten houses and you know sleep with women a different woman every night and have. Like you know, a, 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 a classic car collection. I don't care, okay? Because there's something about that band that people like. Any 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 group, you know. If someone, it's like I I I, I would like to think my the idealist part of me would like to think that the world is a meritocracy and people get where they are based on merit and and their ability. And if you're able to get to that point and have that many people liking what you're doing and buying into what you're doing and buying the Kiss coffin and everything, fair play to you. Fair play. I don't care. I'm not going to, I'm not, like 20 years ago, I would have been, are you a sellout? No, I don't care. They're making a living. And and I, I think I've mentioned this before. Is it just politics of envy that we look at them, they're, they're up on a stage, they're, yeah. they're rock gods, they're kings, we're all watching it, we're all paying the money and they're the ones that are enjoying the fruits of the labor that you know we're paying like you said their 10 houses their cars their women all of that and now it's almost like there's a moral high ground that we must have that no you you can't live that lifestyle anymore you're not allowed to 
but you're right let them fucking get on with it and he's right rappers are still living that lifestyle but the music is fucking shit but they are living the lifestyle because there's still money in it oh if, if you if you sampled if you illegally sampled jay-z or someone like that you know for a fact that their lawyers would be on you like flies around shit yeah i mean this is the thing i mean I mean, everyone goes on about, you know, grunge killed glam metal or, you know, change that stuff. And, you know, he's, he's got a point. Like, you know, it's like I said a few weeks ago, when you make God bleed, you no longer believe he's God. Well, if you've, if you've got people going around with, like, checkered shirt, flannel shirts on, ripped jeans, and like, oh, I hate, I hate myself and I want to die. I fucking love grunge. But at the same time, you know, is it... Does it make it does it make itself able to be put on a pedestal where you're like, oh my god, they're rock stars, you know? I'm, yeah, I'm but starstruck. the, the, the gr- grunge was supposed to be the uh, the antithesis of the rock star, wasn't it? That's that was the whole thing that it, it killed off glam rock because it's not all about the glam; it's about the music, and we will wear shit clothes and drive shit cars, and you know. But then you could argue oh. that where that started. Look at Dave Grohl. You know, yeah. Foo Fighters are probably the the current proper stadium rock band. But, but yeah, but was was just a rebirth of punk, wasn't it? Really, that's exactly what grunge was. Nirvana were yeah, a punk you, band. Do, do you know? Do you know? Do you know? Like, do you know what they got? Do you know what they have under their funnel T-shirt? They have their fucking commodities portfolio that Goldman Sachs put together for them. This is the hypocrisy that's inherent out of it. You know, like I'm sure that. Well, you know, at some point, Nirvana and Soundgarden and, and a lot of these other bands were like, you know, we need to get a financial advisor because we need to start investing in like, you know, low yield bonds or whatever. You know, it's like money makes money. Once you've got it, you can make more of it. Yeah, of course it does. Of course it does. All right. So let's let's just move forward a little bit then and talk about um, the current state of play and the future and the potential contenders for the crowns that the big dogs currently have um and who who do you think that's out there at the moment is gonna carry the torch i, I honestly would struggle to, to nominate anyone um maybe because i'm a somewhat disengaged with some of the newer artists but um maybe that says something um i mean if you look at a band like trivium um, you know, they went into their career now and... 20, 20 years. Yeah, exactly. Are, are they playing arenas or are they are they doing doing Brixton places like that again? I think I think in some places they may play fairly large shows, but yeah, I think something like Brixton Academy kind of size is about as good as it gets. This, this is it. And if you look at those big guns who, who have been around for donkey's years, it was progression. Yeah. And a lot of the a lot of these artists over the last twenty years, you don't have that same progression. Yeah, they might get to a stage where they can play an arena because their flavour of the month or they just released an absolutely great album that's doing well, or they've they were supporting a bigger band and they've got a new, newer fan base, and then it just drops back down a bit. Um and someone else comes comes in. You don't seem to have that progression. I, I, I think potentially we, we we touched we touched on this last uh, last week. Maybe Ghost. But again, I don't think... One band is not enough. No, but I, I don't think we're going to get more than 10 years out of them, to be honest with you. 
No, because no, I think I think you're right. What you said last week that musically they probably peaked on prequel, yeah. and 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 that's the thing that like you said about progression. Whereas back in the day, bands would progress and progress and progress and eventually reach a peak. It's almost like the band's now reaching a peak a lot quicker, and then it kind of tails off. Because of social, because of social media, because of the attention Hype. span. Because people have no attention span anymore. They're not willing to invest anything yeah. in, in in these bands. Like, are you seriously going to have a situation these days where you've got a fan or a group of fans who are willing to follow a band around on a summer tour? It's just too expensive. You can't do it. You, Not many people have that much disposable income the cost the cost is a is is a valid point yeah i i will i will come back off off a metal trail briefly just just as an example um of a band who um are four albums into their career now and they're not metal um but they're one of the they're one of those pop groups that i absolutely love of a modern era in fact they're <laughs> You know the, the the closest thing to a classic pop group that I, that I would say in in recent times, and that's Churches. Yeah, I thought you would uh, say that. Yeah, they've yeah they've been been around for ten years now. God knows how it's been that long. Quite frankly, ten years, uh, four albums, and I I saw them uh, a couple of times on that first album. I saw them do a free show at the ICA Gallery in Pall Mall, uh, and then I saw them headline Shepherd's Bush. Um, can I just one, can I just make the point that you watching a band in an art gallery is really elitist? But um, yeah, now now you can carry on. Call cool. it was next door to where we did our bloody uh, <laughs> degree show. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh. Um, so I saw it. Yeah, this is on the second tour. Third tour, which was twenty nineteen. So you know that those those weird pre COVID days. They headlined Ali Pali. Right. Ali Pali. Great yeah. gig. Well, Great gig. About 10k, yeah. Ali Pali. About 10k, isn't it? Oh, but yeah, something yeah. like that. Pretty really big. Um, but yeah, Ali Pali. Um, and, and next you're thinking, you, you know, you've got to be doing arenas. Now, I get it, the last couple of years have been fucking weird for everyone and whatnot, but they, they released their, their fourth album, which for me, I think was was huge, hugely better than the third. Um, and I played with them. So it's, it's so it's it's almost like if you take London in isolation, it's dropped off by fifty percent. Now it could it could well be that the the tour for that third album was bigger venues and less shows in Britain because of how they were doing their tour schedule, um, and they could well have played more shows in Britain this time round, and so they can actually do slightly smaller venues and go around the place. But it, it's an example of, of of like you say maybe. Maybe they've they've peaked to a certain extent, um, and they can't make that. They they're not going to get big enough to make that next leap for whatever reason. Um, and is it because they've lost fans? Is it because they're not selling as much? Is it because you know is COVID a factor or whatever? You know, more and more people are listening to them on Spotify or streaming or whatnot, and the sales. I I don't know. I mean, that's I, I'm not that far into it but it's you know it, it was disappointing for me to say you know i i, I wanted i wanted to see them at, a, at the marina i want to see them progress um is it because 
you know, 20, 25 years ago, you'd go out and you'd, you'd spend 13 quid on an album, right? And you'd be you'd be looking forward to it. You'd be standing outside our price waiting for the next album release. And on a Monday morning, you go and you buy it. You take it home and you would listen to it and but and you would invest in it because you've spent 13 quid on it. You want to sit down, you want to listen to it, and you want to enjoy it. And you might listen to it 10, 15, 20 times. Whereas now, an album drops on a Friday, it's on Apple Music, on Spotify. You might listen to it once or twice, and then you probably lose interest because there's something else. And there's there's so much now, and the music industry has become very disposable that we don't we don't listen to music in the same way, or we don't give it the same amount of time that we used to, purely because it is so it's so accessible now. It's just everywhere. Current listeners don't connect. No, or don't. Even- with the bands they don't yeah you're right they don't engage with the artists they don't engage with the bands and, and yeah so they so they lose interest a lot quicker than they used to i think that's that's a, that's a valid point it, it comes down to maybe younger people um they, they don't watch television like we do they, they watch youtube yeah you know they're, they're short short videos here and there they don't keep up with tv shows um or watch them weekly they they watch whatever whatever is on youtube it's, you it's, have you have a, a society based on instant gratification and um i mean you wouldn't you wouldn't believe the the you know the attention span of young people these days what did you do at the weekend nothing i can't remember i'm just like okay i i mean i well, I, I mean, I, I was, I was, I was trying to talk to some of my students this week about, like, you know, do you guys know synthwave? You know, are you, are you, what, what are you into? And it's just so. Um, they're like, they're, 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 you, you, you would, you would think that uh, kid, like teenagers now with who have iPhones or smartphones, and you would think they, they would be more kind of that having that access, that twenty four seven access to your world of content whether it be film tv music books ipods uh, uh audiobooks whatever would be quite um kind of uh, savvy they're not no they're not quite I, the opposite I, it's it, they're quite the opposite and, it, and it's it's quite actually sad um to some extent like you know like i, I mean you you they'll, they'll they'll be they'll spend more time texting their friends about I, i'm sorry god knows what and like when i when I was when I was like fourteen or fifteen, I, I don't I, I don't remember ever having this pressing need to constantly talk to my friends all the time. Because if you're not if you're doing that, how are you supposed to form any kind of uh, interest in anything that's just yours? Whether or not you want to learn a musical instrument, whether or not you want to get into an author or um, a field of study or if you're in the Cubs or the Scouts or anything, if you're always just talking to your friends about who said what at school, I mean, well, if if you're gonna if you're gonna talk about that, then yeah, you're right because if if you think about it back from when we were kids, and I know that we keep on sort of doing that, but like you get to the summer holidays, for instance, from school, right, and you would you would you'd walk out of school on at the end of July and. You might then see your friends, I don't know, five or six times over the summer, but you would have to organise all of that. You'd phone up, can I speak to such and such? We organise that, we go to the beach, whatever. Now, 
it's it's all in a WhatsApp group or text messages or or via social media or whatever it is. So everything's instant. So they're in each other's pockets all the time. And the principle is the same for music. Your music is always available. You haven't got to work for it anymore. So you take away the effort, you almost take away that that feeling of um, success when you, you, you sort of land on something. And go on. There's an album title. Huh? That is, if there's an album title, a debut album title that is very appropriate for this, this idea. Satisfaction is the death, death of desire. desire. Yeah. Oh, piss off. <laughs> no, no, I'm not having that because <laughs> like, like that is a trigger. That, that line is a trigger for me because there's someone in the world out there that Trigenza knows who I have a very strong loathing for that has that tattooed on her arm. Yeah. I'm like, I am sick and tired of hearing about it. It's not witty. It's not erudite. It's quite droll. Fuck off. But it is relevant. Now, it's relevant. When that album came out in 97, 98, I think, whatever it was, yeah. Maybe not. But now, it's relevant because, yeah, we are satisfied as such with having all our music at our fingertips all the time. This is agnostic front, yeah? Hate breed. Hate breed, that's it. You, you haven't... Yeah, steady on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but because it's all at our fingertips now, it's, it's, it's too easy. There's no effort. So if there's no effort, there's no sense of achievement. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. You haven't, got, a, you haven't got to work for it anymore. You haven't, got to yeah. save, you haven't got to save up money to go and buy an album. And this is starting to sound like we are three old farts, but it's true. In, in, in defence in, in, in of what you're talking about, and, you know, there, there are a lot of things I agree with. But, like, you know, you can take the piss out of me. Oh, Padre's listened to six new bands this week. This is miraculous. I wouldn't be able to do that if it wasn't for things like Spotify. Exactly. Right? So, yeah, it's all well and good. But what I'm saying is, and, and, and a lot of the music that I bought when I was 15 and 16 and 17 and 18, firstly, it was on vinyl because a lot of the stuff that I got into um, was on vinyl. So, like, you know, my the first ever album that I bought, and I, when I say album, metal album, because I bought the music for the Jilted Generation and a few other Prodigy records before that, first metal album I ever bought was the double LP on vinyl, Slayer, Decade of Aggression. Found it in my local music stop in Camborne, in Cornwall, run by uh, an old stoner, really great record shop. I think it was like six quid. Yeah. And I wasn't even that au fait with Slayer at the time. And I got him, I was like, oh my God, this is fantastic. Yeah. And I, I, know, I had my dad's old record player in my bedroom. Um, went back, you know, and that's, you know, um, obviously I found, uh, I was put onto things like Metallica and Pantera by, uh, you know, a good friend of mine from uh, school. And then I would go back to that shop and I would be like, have you got any Metallica? Have you got any Megadeth? Have you got any Slayer? Have you got any of this or that or that? And he'd be like, no, but it's going to be in next week or it's going to be in next month. I'll let you, you know, come back next week. And you go in there and like, you know, remember buying like the Wake Up Dead single in there or... The um uh I, I remember buying Justice for All on LP in there. 
you know, and all of this was secondhand. So the, the music, the money that I'm spending on that music is not necessarily going back to the band, but you you better believe that I'm going to go and see that band live because I've bought that music. Yeah, you're, you're I mean, still making a contribution, whichever, but that sense of occasion that you got from buying that album, no one now is going to get that from clicking on an album on Spotify. It's great that no, it's and, there, and that, but you, the you are losing that sense of occasion. Yeah, I like I like um, e-books. I think, they, I think you know, I, mean, I, I used to have a Kindle Fire and I had loads of stuff on it and it was great. And, you know... Um, I, 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 we can, we can, we can criticize Spotify and everything. Um, I'm, I'm a hypocrite. I download stuff off torrents. I use Pirate Bay. Not gonna lie, do it all the time. Um, I, I would make the point that there is some stuff that I'd like to be able to access. Um, I would have no problem paying a couple of quid a month if I could just access that content. Um, but it's just not available forever because like, when you, when you live abroad like I do, you just can't access it. Like. I'm, I'm like, for example, it does my fucking head in that I can't watch um, match of the day. Yeah, but sure, surely, surely you can watch football at three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon. Yeah, but, no, but it's on Sky. I, right, I haven't okay. got Sky. Okay. I, I'd have to have, and Sky in Europe, in Italy, is really expensive. Right. But and, and it's, but if you've got it, it's great because you've got, if 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 uh, if ten Premier League matches are happening on a Saturday at three o'clock, you've literally got 10 channels of Premier League football. Yeah. And you can pick whichever one you want. It's fantastic, but you've got to pay through the nose for it. Um, and if I go on iPlayer, it's like, this content's not available in your location. So I've got to buy a VPN. So I've got to spend 30 quid on a VPN. When I'm like, do you know what? I'm not paying the BBC license fee, but I'd happily chuck the um, BBC a fiver a month if I could watch it in Italy, but they can't because Sky have got the rights to the Premier League in Italy, and it, and it's like that with music. Like, why can't you just um, uh, or, or like in a in a video as well? Why can't you just make it available? Either, then I wouldn't go to Pirate Bay if I could like if there was like a, a Netflix or something where you could just pay one pound fifty and get that film just one time. I don't want to pay five or six or seven or eight quid for one film, so I don't think it's worth it. It's like, for example, when you, one of, I think a lot of people's issues with records were, how is a record recorded thirty years ago still being sold for twenty quid in HMV? Yeah, fair point. Like you know, but then when you go in there and you find facelift by Alice in Chains for three pound fifty in a sale, and you're like, right, I'm going to have that. And that, and that again, that's that's a find. And you're like, I just got this really good album for like three quid fifty or three pound ninety nine with my Christmas money. Yeah, but like, I mean, my my original point was going to be like, physically, when you when you hold an album in your hand, and it's like Led Zeppelin three, with the spin with disc, the, yeah, 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 or Jailbreak by Thin Lizzy, and it's got the TV on the front, yeah, and you open it up and it's got the artwork, yeah, and then it's got the story, or like for example, I I I, I like the Justice for All album, and you pull the sleeve out and it's got the Hammer of Justice, yeah, and it's got the cartoon. And, and you look, you know, and, and there's something to be said about holding that LP in your hands. Um, it's physical. Or, yeah, physical. Yeah. Or when you walk, sorry, one more last one. When you walk into the record shop and you find the Creeping Death LP with white vinyl and it's worth something and it's for a fiver because they don't know what they're selling. Mm. And you're like, <laughs> I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> 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 
and then, and then you buy it and you get it home and you're like, this is worth 60 quid, but I've just found it for a fiver. We, we, we sort of, we've reached a sort of interesting point when it comes to music purchasing, which is not too dissimilar from um, other niche interests. I'll, I'll, I'll bring an example in here. I, I'm into the comics. Uh, we've mentioned that before in the uh, on the pod. And I currently work in uh, comic book retail online and a physical shop. I don't know what comic book fans fans are like. We're we're very devoted, um, but it's a niche interest. The, the the sales numbers are nothing like they were twenty years ago, thirty years ago, certainly not fifty years ago. The the comic book industry, you know, has been dying apparently for for decades. You know, since television, since video games, the internet, it's always dying, and it doesn't. It keeps going because there's always a fan base. There's always that both enough people who are willing to spend the amount of money. Proportionally, they cost a lot more. Um, but the way you can consume comic books is far greater. And yes, there is piracy. Um, if the amount of people who pirated uh, comics online also bought comics, then the industry would be, be doing a damn sight better than it is. But it keeps going. People come in. And we, um, over the last few weekends, we have had the same group of teenage girls come in and rifle through the back issue bins looking for cheap cheap comics. Marvel, DC, anything. And they're, they're chatting about comics and they're, they're guessing about it, about it and they, you know, they don't spend lots of money like, like some of our regulars do. Um, but they, you know, they're well into it. They want to actually come out as a social uh, social thing and and spend a bit of money and and you know, bond. And that's how it used to be with a lot more media, um, music and otherwise. And because that's the only way you could do it. Now, I mean, we know that vinyl sales are, you know, way better uh, than they were historically. They're probably even better than CDs now at this point. And that's because the people who are buying physical uh, physical music, um, they are making this effort to have that ritual uh, on a social level, they go to record shops, they go to record fairs, whatever. They they do this; it's part of their thing. And a lot of casual music fans or people who weren't quite into that, they're going to Spotify or they're they're buying, you know, an iTunes Christmas voucher or something like that. Um, and it's the and it's and it's those people that are keeping the industry going, quite simply. And it's smaller; it's it's enough, you know, because the costs the costs are enough to keep it going. But it is smaller, and that's why, yes. Yeah, it's not, I, I don't even know. I mean, where where me and Trigenza live in the UK, or where we're from in in Cornwall now. I mean, Lost in Music in Camborne is still going, right? But the guy now lives six months a year. He lives in Mexico. Um, I no seriously, I, I spoke to him in the last time I was back. Um, there's 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 no HMV anymore anywhere near where we used to live. All the record stores that we used to go to to buy, the only thing that's left is Troy Pannier Market. Yeah. The, the, where the hell do you go to find the music now? Even CDs, HMV. So in 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 Truro or in Cornwall, in Camborne, Penzance, whatnot, there's no HMV. There's no Virgin Records. There's no. I mean, I remember going my first time to London on a on a on a college trip with A levels and going into Tower Records and seeing the hard rock metal section. Yeah. It, it's like, it's, it's like, it was almost like um, some kind of like, uh, 
pilgrimage when you see the the, the Vatican for the first time. You're like, oh my god, <laughs> you know, no, no, it is. It has that effect on you because when, you, especially when you're from the kind of when you when you're um, not ex- when you're not exposed to it and you suddenly come across yeah, it, yeah, 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 you're right, yeah, yeah. It's and, it, and it's and it's a big deal. Uh, it's like the first time I went to uh, a record market in um, South Korea, and I'm like, there's there are live albums here, live EPs from like bands like Judas Priest and 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 Deep Purple and things like that that I've never heard of, and I just and I couldn't buy it because I thought, well, if I buy it, I've got to find some way to get it back to the UK, and I can't really afford that. I can't ship it. But yeah, you know, but but again, it was like really cool to just flick through stuff and be like, oh my god, this is like, you know, you know, th- there must be some really cool stuff on this EP because like you know, it's I've never seen these songs perform live because it's a different audience and like you know, with all the the Japanese writing on it or the the Hangul, the Korean alphabet, yeah, I'm. That's, not, like, that's what they are: record shops, comic shops, bookshops. They are social hubs, and yes. if they. If they don't, if if they close down, um, there's a negative effect, and it's no different. There's an institutional knowledge as well that goes with them. Yeah, the guy, the guy or the or the girl or the the man or the woman that works behind the counter, it's like they're going to know what they're selling, and they're going to have an appreciation for it. And even if they don't really love what they're what you're buying, they they they, they kind of. They, they like they recognize the fact that they're talking to another music fan so it's like um, there's a, there's a there's an interaction there as well that you don't get in like a large scale chain store i mean but it's like you know so, so your mate goes to a record store oh they've got that i, I remember I, I, the rate the way i got into death was someone saw the leprosy album on tape in a market and said padre it's you should go down to the market and buy that tape because you'd really like it. And I went down and I, and it was there and I bought it and I got it. I was like, this is great, you know. Um, you can't you, you can do that on Spotify, but it's 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 a fleeting thing because it's just it's a click and it's a listen. Whereas it's not a physical. I've still got that tape. I've still got leprosy on tape. It's in my cupboard back at home. You know, I've still got all my old vinyl. So that's that's what I was saying earlier on about that sense of occasion where you've you've gone there, you've bought it, you've taken it home, you've listened to it. It's almost like, I don't know, it's like getting a fucking puppy and taking it home. It, it's it's this this same kind of thing. So to kind of sum up, then what we're saying is, going forward, there's not going to be any more Guns and Roses. There's not going to be any more Black Sabbath, Led Zeppelin, those bands of that kind of stature. I think we're all in agreement. It's not going to happen anymore because the music industry doesn't work that way anymore. No, no one has that kind of longevity. So if if and when, or well, not if and when, when the, ba- the, the big dogs that are left, when they do decide to retire, there is no next step. It's going to have to change. Well, the, well, the one thing that will happen, I think, is that the glass ceiling is going to be taken away. In what sense? So you are a, a lot of a lot of the scene and a lot of the bands are either defined by or overshadowed by bands like Maiden and Metallica and Guns N' Roses and a lot of the other big bands. Like, I mean, it. it I mean, we all we all like Metallica. Um, I mean, we keep talking about them in every episode. It's difficult. It is difficult to get away from them. But what are they actually doing for the metal scene as a whole? 
right now. Not what, a great what, deal. What, not a great deal. They're 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 almost a legacy act, and I don't mind that. I will happily pay money, one or one or two times more to go and see some of my favourite songs perform live. It's the same with Maiden. If I got the chance, I I definitely go and see them again. It's probably the same with Judas Priest, a lot of other bands as well. But like, what are they contributing to the scene? And it, and it's like you know, is it a top down process or is it a bottom up process? And I think scenes are more bottom up. Yeah. So it's going to be what it's it, what what's going to define what happens next is how the scene, how the community, and how the fans react. And I think you're going to have a plethora of acts across different genres. They may never get to the point where you're going to the gym and uh, Lois Creature or Enforcer are being played over the radio because like that happened to me a while ago. First time I've ever heard it, Master of Puppets on the radio in Italy. And I was like, dear God, if they got to that point now, have they reached that level of penetration? You know, mm. like, um, but they've kind of transcended pop culture that, you know, you've got people that, who don't know anything about metal, but they're now, they're going, oh, yeah, I know Master of Puppets. You know, like, how the hell do you know that? You know, so it's like, I think it's going to be, we're going to, you're going to see the scale of it. It's going to shrink. The community may not shrink, but is the community going to be enough to warrant someone putting together 1.5 million to pay for a band to play Donington? Or is it going to be more, we go back to lots of bands touring in smaller venues? Like, you know, we've all heard the stories about, you know, your mom or dad or your uncle going, oh, yeah, I remember going to like the, the, um, the the, uh, the 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 Truro Conservative Club in like 1970 and seen ACDC play. And you're like, ah, sorry, hang on. You saw ACDC play in a Conservative <laughs> Club. No, but, you know, that are, are we going to go back to that where you've got bands that are, are decent bands just playing really small venues, but just lots of really small venues? You know what, though? that that's That's a huge benefit to all of us. If you take festivals out of the mix altogether, so say the whole festival industry just went, you know what? fuck this, there isn't enough for us anymore, we're all just going to stop. Because at the moment, there's a festival every weekend. No matter what kind of music you're into, there's a festival every weekend through the summer. If yeah. you take that out of the equation, and bands have to go back to, like you said, touring the small venues and doing 20, 25 dates in the UK rather than doing four or five Sweet. arena yeah. shows, we're all going to benefit from that. You could almost argue that as, as the music industry moves forward in terms of technology it could almost go backwards in terms of the the, the sort of physical experience of of seeing bands it like you said it might just get smaller the community won't shrink but the commercial side of it will i'm all for that yeah so yeah there yeah, you go no, that, I am that's that's what we all want at the end of the day do away with the hundred thousand people festivals because they're, they're shit anyway Really I mean, do, you remember, do you remember? Do you remember though when we saw um, Judas Priest and the Scorpions at the Plymouth Pavilions, and it was a really small exactly. yeah, fantastic, yeah, like Maiden at the Shepherd's Bush Empire, yeah, great, awesome. I'll take that over a huge stadium show any day. So that's that's where we are. Right. Well, that's it for this week. Uh, there may or may not be an episode next week because the Grudge are playing in London next week. Uh, at the Dev in Camden on Friday the thirteenth. So. Anybody listening to this? Well, I'll, I'll be them. here. So just phone in live, Padre live. Talk pa to me. Padre will sit here all on his own. And if you want to, if you want to get in touch with him, come in and call him. And see you next Tuesday. 
you know, be my guest. But so there may or may not be an episode. We'll see. Um, thank you for listening this week. Padre's being summoned by his wife, so we need to go. Thank you very much for listening. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the whip has been cracked, and uh, Good. I've got to break like the wind. So, <laughs> some, someone's, <laughs> someone's got to keep you under control. So thank you for listening, and we'll can see I, can you. Can I just say one more thing? In two weeks. Go so, on. Going back to my uh, football team, right? So I'm oh, fun, fuck. Right? No, 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 listen, listen, listen. This is, this is genius. Right, so this this heavy metal football team I've got. So the stadium would be called the Thunderdome, right? And er, before every match, Tina Turner would come out and go, "Welcome to another edition of the Thunderdome." And thank you. See you next week, or in two weeks, or or whenever. High defensive play. Padre, don't darken my doorstep again. Later.